Here we go. You are listening to Rumination Thursday of Law and Gospel on this November the 12th in the year of our Lord, 2020. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and with me, my co-host, Pastor Wes Reimnitz. Good day, Pastor Reimnitz. Good day. How are you doing? I'm doing really fine. Uh, we just had my wife leave to go to the dentist, so I'm all by myself here. <laughs> so I have no idea what we're going to say today. Yeah, and she's listening, I'm sure, on the way to the dentist. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. I'll put her to sleep. All righty. We decided to say something that I've had a lot of thought about for uh, a long time. And that's about how difficult it is to understand God. Well, what I mean by that, that there's no doubt that an unbeliever cannot understand about God at all. There's no evidence you can give to an unbeliever to help them understand and agree with the Bible. And we get that from 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 2, uh, some statements from, for, for example, verse 7. We impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. What no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. And in verse 14, the natural person, and that's the unbeliever living by the old Adam, does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. So I, I don't think we need to spend too much time about how it is impossible to use reason to convince an unbeliever that the Bible is true and that the Christian faith is true, because take a look at every religion in the world, none of them come even close to the proper teachings of the Christian faith. Are you answering? Are we really posing the question, why some and not others? No, not yet. That not comes yet. down the line a bit. Because what we're dealing with is, for today, is that I don't believe that even the Christian understands God. That's the point we want to make today. Well, yeah, that, that I, I would agree. Who knows the mind of God? There's that uh, thought of the hiddenness of God, and we see it coming through in the, in the scriptures. Yeah, you're actually quoting from Isaiah 55, uh, verses 8 and 9. 
For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. This became really obvious to me when I was doing the Sunday school lesson on the 10 plagues. There, there are 10 of them. And I don't understand God here at all. Because the first two plagues, water turning to blood, and the many, many frogs was the second one. Both of those were duplicated by the Egyptian magicians. They can do that also. Then beginning with plague three to 10, lice, flies, disease, boils, hail, locusts, darkness, none of it was duplicated by the Egyptians. The other point that I, I tell you becomes hard to understand is that the first three plagues also occurred in Goshen, where the Israelites lived. That is water turning to blood, frogs, and lice. But the last seven plagues only occurred among the Egyptians, not among the believing Israelites in Goshen. Now, you see, this, this is a point I want to make. Hmm. A pastor can explain what God did with the plagues. But I don't think that helps us to understand why God made those decisions that he made. The, the fact that the Egyptian magicians could duplicate the first two was part and parcel of Pharaoh hardening his heart and not letting them go because his own magicians could even do those plagues of course, using magic, not really the way it was done by God. So the point I want to make is what we can do as pastors is we can reveal God's thoughts, but we cannot help people to understand why God does what he does. Well, to reveal God's thought. You know, from the confessions, we, we learned that we are bound by the means of grace. If we want to know God's thought, we know through the Word, through baptism, through the Lord's Supper, don't we? Yes, but I, I don't think we understand even the Lord's Supper. We believe. And see, that's the difference between faith and understanding. Faith trusts what God says, but it still doesn't understand what God says, that when you distribute the Lord's Supper, somehow in, with, and under the bread and the wine is the body of blood of Christ. Now, you believe that, don't you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. But do you understand how it works? I don't know. I understand the mechanics. I know God does it. That's, that, I, that I believe. See, that's a huge difference that I, I think a lot of, well, we call them nuns. And who are the nuns? 
those are uh, people who have left organized religion, Christianity, and uh, no longer proclaim proclaim a belief in God, but no longer have a church body that they belong to. And a lot of them don't even proclaim a belief in God. And and how do you spell nuns? N o n e s. Yeah, we're not talking about the Roman Catholic nuns. We're talking no, about no. those who have none, no religion. I think because the church cannot explain God, we can only reveal his thoughts, that there are those who kind of don't feel that Christianity is for them. Uh, I'll give you a good example. Mm-hmm. We believe God is a loving God. Can we imagine that after Judgment Day, God has no help for those who are experiencing hell? Uh, yes. I mean, from his point of view, yes, he, he has uh, cut off those that are sent to hell. And that's really hard to understand. And I think there are people who reject the Christian view of God because it seems like God doesn't really love those people anymore because there's no help for them, no aid for them, no rescue for them, no salvation for them if they end up in hell. And that's really hard for people to understand. And so... Uh, well, I, I can understand, yeah. It's hard for them to, to fathom it. But on the other hand, what do you do with a, a passage like Matthew 25 as a Christian, where he says, Depart from me, you cursed one, into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Hell wasn't originally created for mankind. See, what you're doing is answering how God reveals himself. Mm. But that still doesn't help us understand why he does that. Yeah. In in other words, a loving God is going to let those people remain in hell forever. I think that's a a big reason. In, In fact... We're we're getting back to that question that you talked about a little bit, that when people hear these things, they are trying to figure out why are some people saved and others are not. Now, for Calvin, he believed in double predestination. What does that mean? Well, some were destined, always destined to go to hell, and some were destined to go to heaven. See, that was his explanation why some are not saved. But that's unbiblical, because it is clear that God does not predestine anybody to hell. No, I've often said, if you go to heaven, God gets all the credit. If you go to hell, you get all the blame. Mm. But a lot of people cannot Mm. understand that. There's another way in which they try to defend God, and that's by saying, 
Well, the reason people go to heaven is they make a decision for God, and those who don't make that decision, then they go to hell. And that's taking God against his word because nobody can make a decision for God. Remember, Jesus says, you have not chosen me, I have chosen you. Chosen you, yeah. And so defending God by saying that we make a decision is really trying to defend God, and nobody can defend God even when we understand his revelation. Right. Well, there's that thing called concurrence of God in evil and good. A man sees a dollar bill on the street, picks it up, and he's considered honest. Another man picks it up, and it's considered a, he's considered a thief because he knows it belongs to somebody else. So what, God takes no pleasure in, in the wickedness? But the question still remains, since nobody can come to faith except by the power of the Holy Spirit, how do we understand this, therefore, that those who don't come to faith, that it's their fault? Well, the, are you talking about free will that mankind has but is, is tainted by sin? Well, According to our confessions and the Bible, man has no free will in spiritual matters, Hmm. only in temporal matters. He can choose what store to go to, what products to buy, what church to attend, who to marry, etc. But he can't choose to believe in Jesus Christ. And so that's a real problem for, I think, a lot of people that they can't understand why God sends anyone to hell since it doesn't appear that they have any ability not to go to hell. Well, that that kind of fits in with uh, cults like the Mormons where they believe in perfection, and if you don't achieve it in this lifetime, you, you still got some steps to take towards perfection in the next life, or or the Roman Catholic purgatory or Buddhist with with reincarnation theories. Yes, well said. But notice what they're doing. They're trying to come up with a system that excuses God for sending people to mm. hell. And by faith, we trust his word that says people are going to hell but we really cannot give a good explanation to those who don't want to become Christian because God doesn't seem to be very loving in that situation. We may have an answer when we get to heaven, but we sure don't have one here on earth. Well, I got a question for you. Could, Could man before the fall make a decision for God? No because he was created in the image of God. In fact, this is a real problem that people have. If you ask most people, are human beings in the image of God? I don't know how many times I've heard this recently because of all the friction in the world. And they say, well, yes, 
all people are made in the image of God. That is incorrect. Because what is the image of God? Do we look like God? No. Perfection, holiness. Exactly, and sinlessness. We can't look like Mm -hmm. God because the Father is a spirit. Jesus did not become incarnate until born of the Virgin Mary. And the Holy Spirit is not called the Holy Individual, but the Holy Spirit. So the image of God cannot be that we look like him, but we had, and I'm talking about Adam and Eve in the garden, that we had sinlessness, holiness, Mm. and that is what we lost with the fall of Adam and Eve. In fact, do we not believe that due to the fall of Adam and Eve, all people are born in sin? Right. It's hereditary or original sin passing on from one generation to the next. But you can't explain that. No. How does the sin of Adam and Eve get passed on to us? You see, this is where God's thoughts are far beyond ours. We Mm. as Christians believe what he says, but I think it is wrong to say, therefore, we understand God. No, we we still don't understand why God does what he does. I mean, there are people who will not believe in God the Father because they say he murdered his son, Jesus. Now, that's their understanding of what happened. It's not our understanding because, what's that, John 3.16? And God so loved the world that he gave his only God and son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. See, we trust that promise. But I don't think we can explain why God decided to put himself to death in the person of Mm. Jesus Christ. Mm. And, And see, a lot of people are asking for explanation, not revelation. Well, I would probably say then, you know, it's what we filled our world with in terms of the nuns leaving a, a church in which they, they teach that anything can make its way into heaven. Uh, yeah, there are those yeah. who don't believe in a hell anymore, and they don't believe in hell because they can't figure out how a loving God can see people in hell and have no rescue for them. Mm. Well, um, but it's, 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 again, it's, it's hard to, to do that apart from those that are, are unbelievers. Uh, I mean, I go back to, to the story of creation where mankind was perfect and sinless. And, uh, it was never God's intent. You read that. You read that in Genesis, which I've been reading here lately, is the fact that uh, mankind named the animals, which supposedly shows a, a an intellect far surpassing. And it's been a de-evolution ever since the fall of mankind, 
not an evolution of mankind to a higher higher good. Uh, and you see, there's uh, another example. The world cannot accept the truths of Scripture about six 24-hour day creation. They right. have to imagine a way in which maybe God utilized evolution to create the world, which is ridiculous. Uh, I had a professor at the seminary I was at, and he taught that God chose two monkeys and called one Adam and one Eve. That's how mm. far he was trying to explain how the creation of the world came about. See, we in a sermon do not explain God. We reveal God. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, we trust what the revelation is, even though we cannot make it understandable, particularly to the world. It makes no sense at all. Right. Well, even, even uh, the Holy Spirit works through the Word. Faith comes from hearing and hearing the Word of God. For, for whatever reason, people choose not to, to continue with that line of thinking and thus end up in, in eternal damnation. Yes, but it leads back to the item you mentioned earlier. Why are some saved and others are not saved? Because salvation is a that. work of God. God, yeah. You know, why... Um, why the resistance to the Holy Spirit, I guess, would be the question. Yes. And why is there no resistance to the Holy Spirit on the part of some people? Hmm. We're not given that answer. As part no, of we're the, not. Are. That's really important and, to say that there are hundreds of questions I'm going to have at Gabriel's booth. I kind of invent that in heaven. <laughs> and uh, the first one's going to be, why some and not others? And Gabriel's going to give me the answer, and I'm going to understand it then, but there is no answer today because there's no answer in the Bible. God does not consider an answer to that question as necessary for our salvation because he's not looking for understanding in the sense that, oh, this explains how God works. He's looking for faith, which is trust in the word that he has revealed to us, even though it makes no sense to us. Yeah. It's, uh, I made a list of, and just one side is faith, salvation by grace through faith in Christ. And on the other side of mankind, it was purgatory, Mormon ladder, you know, Buddhist, you name it. it second chances of or decision theology made, made my, my claim to heaven on my merits. Yeah, I just finished talking to one of our listeners and uh, it's a married couple, and the one couple is uh, the one person is very sick, and is near death. And the spouse was mm. saying it was very hard 
for her to understand why God was allowing this to happen. Yet she still believed the promises that when her spouse would die, heaven would be home for him. But at this point, it was really hard to get through. So she did not understand why God was doing what he was doing, but she believed that he was definitely keeping his promises for both of them. That, of course, is what what we wait for in in our revelation. And I, I, but I've also seen many that have passed on. I, and you could probably say the same that that waited for you to come and speak uh, God's grace to them one more time before they passed on, just waiting to go to heaven. And the survivors grieve, but they do not grieve as those who have no hope. Hope. And exactly. what's hope? Hope is trust in the promises of God. So it's not necessary to understand why God makes his promises, it's only necessary that we believe them and trust in them. Well, thank you very much for this. We were wondering which way this would be going, trying to help people to understand that, yes, we can reveal God as pastors, but we cannot understand why he reveals himself the way he does. I'm Tom Baker, and that's Wes Reimnitz. Tomorrow's Law and Gospel, open mic. Send me an email if you want to talk more about this. Till then, God bless you. Listen to Law and Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962.